This is Teachers Talk Radio, and you are listening live. Good morning and welcome to the Monday Morning Break with Marie. Um, I am really looking forward to talking to Joe Heyman today um, and t- discussing why is it important to explore British values in schools. This is Teachers Talk Radio and you are listening live. Tune in live at ttradio.org or to join in the conversation, download the Podbean app and search Teachers Talk Radio. Follow the hashtag TT Radio. Tune in, talk it out with Teachers Talk Radio. And welcome to the Monday morning break. And good morning to you, Joe. Morning, Marie. How are you doing? Yes, I'm good, thank you. How are you? Yeah, really good, really good. Brilliant. Thanks so much for giving up some time on your bank holiday, bank holiday Monday, to come and talk about British values. Of course, it's my it's my pleasure. I'll talk about British values anytime. So very happy to be here. <laughs> Brilliant, thank you. So just to introduce you, so Joe Heyman, you're the founder of Learn About Britain. Mm-hmm. which educates young people, um, new migrants to the UK and the wider public about British history, citizenship, culture and values. Um, you're also the former chief, chief executive of the PSHE Association. So I think many, um, many teachers out there listening will, have, um, will know that and will mm-hmm. use the resources. Um, I know I have. Um, and you're also, you're also the managing director of the Holocaust Educational Trust. Uh, you've also written two books on modern Britain, um, that's British Voices and British Journey. That's right. Yep. Yeah. Brilliant. And um, just right person. Yes. <laughs> and uh, just to um, and just to sort of introduce us. So um, I first met you. Uh, well, actually, I joined a, um, a training webinar that you did on teaching British fundamental mm-hmm. values um, and, and messaged you afterwards to say how how great it was and how useful I found it. And then you very kindly came to Inclusion College, uh, where I'm um, the head teacher, and you um, you did a fantastic session with our students um, about well, it was about British fundamental values, but it was sort of critical thinking um, and discussion, um, and it was just so so valuable. Um, bearing in mind, you know, the students that we have at Inclusion College have have SEND needs, um, and it was just it was just a fantastic session. So <laughs> thank you again for that. Um, that was brilliant. I loved it. Yeah, yeah, it was it was great. Um, so let's start at the top, shall we? So. Um, what are British fundamental values? Could you could you explain that first? Uh, yeah, of course. I mean, I think there are I think there are two sorts of there are two different things. There, there's a kind of government definition of what uh, what so called fundamental British values are, which um, schools have a kind of obligation, a uh, statutory obligation to uh, to explore with their with their uh, pupils and students. Uh, and then I think there's a kind of wider uh, sense of of what British values are. And if it's all right, I'll I'll try to I'll try to go through through sort of both of those. So yes, you, you know you know that when uh, when I delivered um, 
my sessions on on British values. I really want to hear from from young people. And as as you said, when when I visited the the Inclusion College, we had a we had a proper discussion. It wasn't just me sort of lecturing um, uh, young people. Uh, we we had we had a kind of conversation, and we had this conversation about them and their values and what it means to them to grow up in in Britain today. And I think their sense of uh, values, who they are, what it means to be British. Uh, a lot of that came from within themselves, from within their communities, from the local communities, from their from their faiths, um, from the the sort of culture that they take in, um, as well as from from sort of you know the kind of uh, national figures like uh, like prime minister or government or or or, or other sort of political figures. So. I think what what British values are are the values of the British people that they belong to all of us. They don't belong to um, uh, one single political party. They don't belong to the sort of the people who write statutory guidance. British values belong to the British people, um, and I think that that's a really important starting point for the kind of society that I want to build, which is about. Um, uh wherever people have come from to be in this country whatever their faith uh whatever their their views they are welcome here they they're equal here they um they the country belongs to them um as much as to anyone else so the country belongs to all of us equally and therefore british values must belong to all of us equally um as well so i i see i see british values as the values of the british people um i think there is a sort of linked but separate idea of fundamental british values which there is a statutory obligation which um schools and colleges have to uh, have to adhere to the ofsted monitor and so on um and as part of that statutory obligation um schools are required to explore concepts of individual liberty mutual respect and tolerance for people of different faiths and beliefs the rule of law and democracy. Um, and I think there's a really interesting conversation to be had about why those, um, why those uh, sort of values and why not other values, notions like fairness, which I think is a very sort of British uh, quality or a British value aren't there. Um, equality isn't on that list. I think equality is something that's very important to many people in 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 the country um but i do think however this list has been come up with come up with um and whether it's fundamentally sort of british or whether it's actually refers to the building blocks of a of a democratic society or whether you want to talk about human rights there's actually quite an interesting recipe for a uh, pluralist, multicultural, democratic society in these British values that the government have given us, or in this sort of list of values that the government have given us, um, and that's really what my program is about. Um, as you say, I've founded this organisation, uh, Learn About Britain, uh, which educates about history and culture and citizenship. But I think values are a, a, a sort of crucial piece in the jigsaw of building a cohesive society when you have got people of different backgrounds and faiths, um, different beliefs. Obviously, we've got all kinds of different political beliefs within this country. We've got people um, from all over the world have come to this country and made this place their home. We've got 
all of the faiths in the world represented in this in this country um and so what i'm really interested in is how we can have that kind of equal tolerant society a place where all of those people can come and be safe and be free but also have something that kind of binds us together and for me uh the notion of shared values i think is really really important the notion of us all being free to be able to be the people that we want to be but that we're going to be respectful of one another as we as we do it the idea that um there might have to be some limits on our freedoms um rules and laws in place to stop people from harming one another and that when values crash clash with one another that we should have a democratic process for working out what we what we do and that is the essence of these fundamental british values that uh, the government um asks all schools to to explore and for me as i say i think they're a recipe for a successful multicultural society which is what i want britain to to be mm, thank you thank you for explaining that i think that um, distinction um that you've talked about sort of the british values which belong to all of us um and then as you've said the the fundamental values which has this statutory obligation um mm. and uh, yeah i agree there, there potentially are a couple missing from that that are yeah. that are really important and and as you said about building this society where people are safe and welcome and respected and that that sh those shared values um i think you know that's a really helpful really important explanation um so i mean i think you've put sort of probably answered this one <laughs> already but why why is it important to explore british values in school um well i, I I think there are, I think there are a couple of reasons. I think I think first as I said um I'm interested in building a cohesive fair society and I think I think you've got to think about those two things together. So I think if you want to have a a, a sort of fair society and um a tolerant society and all that kind of thing then you want you want a lot of freedom for people and you want people to be free to live the lives that they want to live and crucially I think you want people to be able to live those lives free from interference from government from elsewhere from prejudice from discrimination all of those kind of things which hold back people in our society and create that sense of inequality the lack of fairness that you know we're grappling with as as a society at the at the moment and i think mm. trying to build that that more equal society and that freer society where people can be uh they can they can be whoever they want to be within our our society i think that is a fundamentally good thing and something that, that i love about i love about our country that it is one of the freest societies in the world that is somewhere where people can be the people they want to be whether it's to do with their faith or their gender or sexual orientation or anything anything else mm -hmm. um so so i think that's that's really important but i also want it to be a cohesive society so i i think it's really important that we have something that binds us together and i think if you've got so many different faiths and beliefs and national identities and everything else then i think you need to find something which which can belong to everyone and this idea of values i think is is really really important and i think values underpin all of the decisions we make as individuals as communities as 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 nations ultimately if you look at any sort of anything that's happening in society um ultimately you can you can bring it back to the society's values um what they think are the are the most important things the principles that they they value most and i was 
I was really uh, struck coming to uh, the Inclusion College and uh, you kindly sort of gathered some feedback from mm-hmm. from the students after the after the session that I ran. And one of them in the feedback had, wrote, had written, uh, I watched the TV last night and it was all about what we were discussing in the session on British values. Because if, if you look at questions about... I don't know, the refugee crisis or teacher mm. teacher pay or anything else ultimately it goes to our sense of, of of values of what we think is important um and what we and the principles that we we kind of value the most so i think values are really important then i think it's really then you have the opportunity to, to sort of explore what a democratic society is like and as i said you you've got this kind of idea through these fundamental british values that you start with a notion of liberty, a notion of freedom, that people should be able to be free to be whoever they want to be. But there has to be mm-hmm. some limit on that, that we have to be respectful to one another. We can't incite hate against one another, for example. Um, or the, uh, on a much more basic level, you can't drive 100 miles an hour outside the gates of a school because you might um, hit, hit someone and hurt someone, hurt a child. And so we've got to have limits on on that sort of liberty. And that's where rules and laws kind of kind of come in. Um, and when those rules clash, when your freedom of speech runs up against my freedom not to be uh, sort of uh, ex- experience prejudice or discrimination mm-hmm. or whatever else, then I think you have to have democratic means to to sort of sort that out. So you've got um, so so values. I think this, this program, fundamental British values, also just helps young people to understand what it is to be to have the building blocks in place for a for a well-functioning democracy. I think the last thing that I would I would say about this is, as you, as you said in the introduction, um, this is about critical thinking as well. And mm-hmm. I, I wouldn't sort of present Britain as a perfect democracy. Um, mm-hmm. And Britain isn't a perfect democracy. If you look at the international league tables, um, Britain doesn't come in the top 10 in terms of, in terms of, uh, global sort of measures of of democracy so so we've got a way to a way to go um and i think encouraging young people to reflect on the society that they're growing up in its its strengths but also its weaknesses is is really key to to helping them to to grow up in in britain in the 21st century so for all of those reasons i think it's yeah. it's really really important agenda yeah, absolutely. I, I totally, totally agree because, um, and I think what you've touched on is that that difference between teaching it um, as a statutory obligation um, and sort of the the knowledge and I guess the information and the definitions um, versus certainly what you did when you came and, and they're still asking when you're going to come back. By the way, um, <laughs> it was to um, really think about about it and you know you do run into this um question of my values versus freedom of speech and this respect for each other um and then it was really interesting for them and and for us for all the staff as well i think to look at us to look at britain you know globally like like mm. you said that was um uh, that was a really, really good comparison and to look at kind of um different countries and and their values and stuff so the you know the next point so i did a um before the show i did a, a, t- a poll on twitter um because i really wanted to hear sort of the teachers teachers voice mm. on on this as well um so i asked are there reservations amongst teachers and, and other educators um with go- regards to teaching and 
British values in school. Um, and yet 63.6% said, yes, they do have reservations. Mm. Um, so I wondered if you, if you had any sort of thoughts on that. Yeah, of course. And look, I mean, that doesn't, that doesn't come as a complete surprise to me. Um, like I know, um, I know people are worried about this agenda. Mm. I think people are worried about this being something that's kind of come down from government rather than has kind of come up from, from schools or from young people, from, from communities. Um, and I think people are, people are worried about that. I think they're worried about sort of forcing some kind of uh, almost like jingoistic kind of like this, this is Britain, this is how great we are kind of view of the world on, on young people. I think they're worried about uh, sort of claiming these, um, uh, these sort of human values or democratic values as British values. Um, so I get all of that. Um, as I said, I, I think it's, I think you can do something really good with it. And I think your, your sort of, your experience with um, my visit to, to the Inclusion College is kind of testament to that. And that's been a sort of, that's been an experience that I've had all, you know, as I've gone around the country delivering this, this program at, at all ends of at all ends of of the country, um, and I, I think you I think you can make it good, but you do have to um, that you do have to address the concerns that teachers are are raising, um, and perhaps I could go through those kind of concerns in in turn if if that's all right. Yes, please. Yes, that would well, be really helpful. Thank you. Sure. Well, so first, I mean, the, this kind of notion is this um, is this a kind of nationalistic kind of agenda um i think it's i think it's what you it's what you make of it i i think you can approach this in a really sort of critical way um so if you look at international comparisons on all of these all of these fundamental british values if you just take 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 the data um you can see that britain doesn't come on the top 10 in the top 10 of any of these values globally or like the the, the sort of living up to these values globally um, and countries like Norway and Sweden and Denmark, uh, New Zealand um, come ahead of Britain on all of all of these measures in terms of liberty or the rule of law, democracy. So um, I'm not coming into classrooms uh, around the country saying, look how perfect Britain is. Um, I think it's really, really important to let young people um, sort of uh, reflect on their own experience of of growing up in Britain. Is this a tolerant and respectful country for people of different faiths and beliefs? Is this a free society? Is it a do they feel it's a democratic society? And to get their their sort of reflections on on those questions, I think it's also important to introduce data as well and to say. Britain doesn't come in the top tens of any sort of global measures of, of these values, but it's it's always in the top 20. Um, and that means that most, um, most countries in the world, most people in the world don't um, live in countries which live up to these values the way that, that we do just on, on the sort of measure of, of democracy. Um, I think Britain comes 18th uh, on the global index of, of democracy. The world, there's a kind of world league table of democracies and Britain comes about 18th. 
but it's one of just 23 countries in the world which is considered to be a full democracy um, by the international experts who, who run the poll. And that means that fewer than one in 10 people in the world live in the kind of full democracy that we live in. So we're not perfect, but I think it's, it's important to recognise that if democracy is something that you value, then we are, we are lucky. Um, and I and as I talk about it, I I don't think I sound jingoistic or nationalistic. I think I sound balanced and critical, and that's certainly what that's certainly what my intention is. So I think it's mm. it's what you do with it is is the most important thing. And yeah. on the sorry, Marie, go on. no, 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 carry on. <laughs> <laughs> um, and I think on this question of whether these these values are kind of fundamentally British. Um, uh, I've, I've just said Britain doesn't come in the top ten of, of any of any of the international measures or international league tables in relation to these values. So I, I don't think anyone could look at that data and and argue that these values are sort of quintessentially or or solely British. But I think what values really are, are not just who we are today, but the people that we want to be. You know, mm-hmm. I, I go around the country talking about uh, about values and I, I don't always live up to my values. No one does. No one's perfect. Um, but I think values give you a sense of which way to go. They're like a they're like a compass pointing, pointing you in the right direction. Um, and so I, I don't think of democracy and the rule of law and liberty and, and tolerance as solely or distinctly British values. But maybe they're the values that we should all aim aim towards. And that's what I that's what I tell young people that I and their teachers and others in society want to work with them as the next generation to make this the most free society, the most democratic society, the most respectful society, the society in which uh, we do have fairness and equality and everyone's able to to be the people that they want to be and live the lives that they, they want to live. But we all have to work towards that. So I'm not I don't think anyone would uh, sort of sensibly claim that these are solely British values, but I understand it or I interpret it as the values to which we're trying to live up to. Now that's fantastic. Um, so one of the um, one of the comments I had actually mm. from a from um, an assistant head was um, by calling the values British um, is that. Is that saying that other countries don't value these things? Um, are, are they not just human values? But I, I think what you've you've explained there is um, sort of answers that point. Um, and a couple of things that you said, I think that it, it is important to acknowledge that we aren't perfect because I think everyone will agree that when you talk to young people, um, they don't their experiences aren't always of tolerance you know and respect mm. and, and and being able to be who they they are um so i think that's really important because it's it gives them a voice as well and and that backing it up with the data as well um is a really powerful um way to acknowledge how young people in this country are feeling at the moment um but i really liked at the end i just really liked what you said about it's who we want to be um mm. and I think you said a, a compass and I was thinking it's more, you know, it's a moral compass, isn't it? It's a values-based compass and quite empowering to think that you could, you know, teach this. Um, and then you've got, you know, all these young people, the younger generation who feel empowered to move towards that the kind of society that you're talking, talking about. Um, I think if we just um, 
just have a, have another point um, before we head into the news. Yeah. Um, so how how do you avoid it becoming sort of nationalistic or exclusionary? Um, well, I I think you you've got to you've got to be sort of critical. I think it, I, mean, I mean I think it's just approaching the subject like you would approach any other any other subject. I mean, teachers I think are are really good at um, teaching impartially, neutrally. Um, you know, not sort of um, uh, taking taking a perspective or or an agenda, introducing multiple agendas, giving a chance for young people to have their have their say, um, hearing from a wide range of different perspectives. I think, I think it's just kind of good teaching. I should say that um, I was really pleased to sort of be advised on um, uh, developing this program by colleagues I worked with um, through my through my career. As you said, I was um, at the Holocaust Educational Trust and at the PSHE Association, and I think sort of learning from that kind of best practice and taking that into this kind of challenging a sort of vexed agenda I think is 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 really really important thing I think giving space for young people to give their perspective I think is 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 a really good way of ensuring that um uh that that they that this doesn't become a sort of a lecture or a kind of you know this is this is this is who we are in Britain you must conform to this um uh you know or you're or you're not welcome you're excluded or or whatever else um so i think that introducing young people's voice and making that a kind of core part of the program i think is really really important i think introducing the data is really really important um i think exploring the values from a kind of critical perspective i think is is really really important and and being clear that all of these values have have challenges kind of inherent in them you know when you when you talk about um, democracy and you talk about the sort of value inherent in democracy that, you know, the government should be by the people, for the people, that everyone should have a say over decisions that affect them, you can immediately introduce complexity into that and talk about um, the fact that the voting age is, is 18 in, in this in this country. You know, we've got uh, local elections coming up this week um, and young people in schools and colleges across the country won't have a say over the um, the decisions which are going to affect them. Um, mm. And you can sort of take it to a, a kind of active citizenship model where you can get young people thinking about um, how we can, um, how we can get ourselves to vote if that's something that they, that they feel strongly about. Um, and I think, again, that's, that's a way of kind of flipping this, this agenda from being something which is sort of, top down to being something which is actually used by young people to promote the promote the causes that that they care about you know if if young if young people feel strongly about the votes at 16 then mm. then why not sort of launch a campaign saying we learned about fundamental british values in school one of these fundamental british values is about democracy but we don't get a chance to have our have our say and suddenly this suddenly the agenda is is turned on its head, and I know that teachers are worried about it being sort of um exclusionary or um like not being open to to everyone, but I do think that it's really important that we sort of show young people how this agenda can be used to 
towards inclusion, whether that's democratic inclusion or or anything else. And so I think if you practice sort of good teaching practice, good pedagogy um, that you would on any other subject in PSHE or or citizenship, um, then you can then you can sort of you can avoid this becoming a kind of nationalistic or exclusionary program and something which is which is really really inclusive and not only really inclusive but is actively that you can actively use to pursue further inclusion which is all that I want to to achieve yeah no fantastic totally agree and and what you've said about it not being top down you know but actually um engaging young people and pupils to to think about the, these values um and what they mean to them and and what can be changed you know mm. i think that's fantastic uh, well we're gonna we're gonna go into the news now um you know there's there's lots of lovely people listening online um I, I can see you on the chat so if anyone wants to um text in the show um please do otherwise um and and we can look at those after the news but otherwise let's uh let's go into the news now thanks joe thanks Bray. this is teachers talk radio and this is teachers talk radio news ASCOL is due to ballot members for the first time in its history. The four education unions will ballot over strike action this term and, if backed by members, would see action stretching into next year and could lead to full school closures. The government continues to hold its position that the most recent pay offer is fair and reasonable and that next year school funding will be at its highest level in history. Schools Week covers the further implications of school funding issues in a story about the cuts some head teachers are making. In a survey conducted by the National Foundation for Education Research for the Sutton Trust, it was found that schools are cutting back on school trips, teaching assistance and IT equipment to help balance stretched budgets. Responses from 1,428 primary and secondary teachers sure 50% of senior leaders said their school had cut back on trips and outings this year. Schools in the most disadvantaged areas were most likely to be impacted by cuts to trips. The research suggests that in secondary schools, leaders are also cutting back on subject choices at both GCSE and A-level. The Department for Education has estimated schools overall could afford £2.4 billion in new spending between 2022 and 2024, before facing net pressure on their budgets. But the Confederation of School Trusts warned its members could face a prolonged period of financial challenge due to pay rises and other increasing costs if more funding was not forthcoming. The Sutton Trusts poll also showed that some school leaders are using pupil premium funding to plug budget gaps. The report also underlines the issue of recruitment into the sector with the NFER predicting that the DfE will again miss its recruitment into initial teacher training target this year. Meanwhile, the TES focused on a DfE funding rule change to help schools hit by falling pupil numbers due to a decline in birth rate. Schools that are not rated good or outstanding will be eligible for additional funding. Other changes will be introduced from 2024 to 25 and councils will set expectations around the minimum funding they must provide to support schools with significant increases in pupil numbers. Schools with more than one site will also receive extra funding where they need to duplicate services over multiple sites. 
Falling birth rates mean there are projected to be half a million fewer pupils in English state nurseries and primaries in 2028, compared with 2022. Nurseryworld.co.uk reports on the findings of its recent survey into staff well-being around Ofsted inspections. In the article on its website, it reports that over 3,000 owners, managers and staff responded to questions around mental health and well-being and the impact of inspections. Many responded that they felt increased stress and anxiety in the run-up to an inspection, with many having sleepless nights and some suffering from panic attacks and depression. The possibility of losing funding, should a setting be judged inadequate, was also mentioned. Full details of the survey can be found on the Nursery World website. The Guardian reports that a record figure of £4.8 billion interest has been added to student debt in Britain last year. The government has more than doubled the amount of money it makes from charging interest on student loans as graduates face borrowing costs of almost twice the rate set by the Bank of England. The Office for National Statistics said the accrued interest had doubled from £2.3 billion in the previous year. The forecast average debt among the cohort of students who started their course in 2021 and 22 is £45,800 when they complete their course. Finally, the Morning Star in Scotland reports that increased spending per school pupil is failing to deliver improved outcomes. Spending per pupil has risen to £8,500 in Scotland, compared with around £7,200 across England, Wales and Northern Ireland. But attainment in Scotland is not on a similarly rising trajectory. Research by the Institute for Fiscal Studies shows that despite having the highest spending per pupil across the UK for a long period, test scores in reading, maths and science have either stayed the same or have been going down. This has been your Teachers Talk Radio News with Joe Fox. This is Two Minute Tech with Steve Woods, your tech briefing on Teachers Talk Radio. Hello. This week, I'm going to attempt to explain in simple terms how the internet works. Let's take this tech briefing, for example. I know every single one of you at some point have thought, how on earth can someone who makes a recording in one part of the world be broadcast globally to thousands of people and there'll be very few errors? I won't even go off when you go under a bridge. Although... I did give Tom Rogers a lift once and can tell you he's so radio he stopped talking when I drove through the Mersey Tunnel. For the internet to work, a way of allowing people to simultaneously use the same cables had to be created. The traditional phone call method could not be used because this would limit the number of users. If computers made a dedicated connection like a phone call does, then there'd be a lot of waiting going on. Imagine if you had to wait in line for a download. You are 457th in the queue. Your download is important to us. Please listen to this monotonous music while you wait. It's simply wouldn't catch on. So what happens? Data is transmitted in a similar way to the postal system, just a lot quicker. Right now, this podcast is arriving on your device in a series of packets. Packets are really small chunks of data that can be sent from device to device via routers. Without getting too geeky on you, the host server gets a request from you when you press play. The request says, start sending me the packets of the audio chocolate you know as Steve Woods' tech briefing. And like chocolate, it's split into chunks. These chunks are given an address to get to, an address of where they came from, some other information, like the type of file being sent, so your device knows which applications you open it in, and a number, so the packets can be ordered and rebuilt when they arrive. These packets are directed over the internet by routers that use the address information to direct them, 
and then rebuilt by your device once they arrive. Because packets are so small and can be forwarded rapidly, lots of computers can send data at the same time and keep everybody connected. So next time you're using the internet, consider that what you're looking at has probably been split into thousands of packets routed across the world and being rebuilt in a matter of milliseconds for you to enjoy. As always, if you have a tech question, why not send it to at TT Radio Official. I'm Steve Woods. And that was Two Minute Tech. Two Minute Tech with Steve Woods. Your tech briefing on Teachers Talk Radio. Okay, and welcome back. Um, so, Joe, we have had a question through, which um, I hope you're okay for me to ask. Um, yep. So the, the recommendations that are in use, um, so the government's guidance on promoting British values in schools, um, someone has said, um, I think this should be a starting point of the discussion as it's now close to a decade since it was released. Mm. Yeah, and I mean, I'd, I'd love to see the, the, the values kind of updated and, uh, and have, a, have, a discussion of, have a discussion about that. Um, I think, as, as we sort of touched on before the break, um, I think there are some, some values which are, are kind of not explicit um, in the list that, that the government gives us at the moment. So fairness and equality were a couple that uh, that I drew upon. I think fairness and equality are, are sort of inherent in ideas of the rule of law and democracy, but I think a lot of people would, would want to see them more explicit in the in the list of values. I also think it would be a really interesting conversation to to have with with young people. Um, I hope I'm not doing anyone a disservice, but I certainly don't remember in, in 2014 there being a huge kind of consultation or conversation with young people about what what the kind of values uh, that uh, school should be teaching about should be. Uh, and I think that that would be a really interesting process. Indeed, when I'm when I'm working with young people, that's that's a really interesting question that that I explore with them. And I think it's a great exercise. If you were writing the fundamental British values that all young people should learn about, what would what would be on the list and why? I think that's a that's a great sort of question for for exploration, um, and I do think that there are I do think there are some there are some issues with um, the values as they as they're currently written. I think there's a lot of people who are troubled by this kind of notion of tolerance, this notion that we just sort of it feels a bit sort of passive, a bit like we just put up with one another, and it doesn't speak to the kind of uh, sort of uh, cohesive multicultural respectful society that we, that we want to build um and suddenly we're just we're just putting up with people who are different from us um and perhaps we're like ships passing in the night um i think there are times where we do where we do just have to to put up with with people who who have different views from us i think you know there are people who i i encounter who take much more sort of nationalistic views on the world for example than the ones that i've that i've expressed um and sometimes i you know there are there are people that we do that we do disagree with and i do think if we were exploring this kind of notion of mutual tolerance and respect that we might want to add in something there about challenge challenging people if they are being um prejudiced or racist or xenophobic or or anything else that that there may be limits to our our tolerance and, and respect. We, we shouldn't be tolerant of intolerance or uh, respectful of pe- people being disrespectful. So I think there's a lot to, I think there's a lot to unpack and to explore. I think it'd be a great exercise. Um, 
And I think it, just because the, the guidance hasn't been updated by government doesn't mean that schools in their prog- in their own programs can't explore questions like whether there should be a notion of of challenge and uh, in this in this definition of tolerance and respect or uh, where fairness and equality kind of fit in so i would take the guidance as a as a starting point and build upon it and you know i should say I, i'm always very happy to to help schools to 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 sort of build upon their statutory obligations and and turn the program into something that's really sort of nuanced and builds critical thinking and, and so on but yeah i'd, I'd love to see the, the values updated no, thank you. That's a great answer. I think that that point that you can take the statu- statutory obligation, um, but that's not the end of it. You can, yeah. I mean, you can you can build your own. Uh, you could build your own school values into it, for example, mm-hmm. couldn't you? And and then that yeah. sort of thing. No, that's really good. And I I remember when we did talk about um, tolerance, um, and yeah, the way you explained it, I, that's very interesting. I think. Do we are we just tolerating um i love the idea of having challenge in there um and i think it just made me think sort of the other way as well are we just tolerating other people who um you know within this diverse uh, society that we have or can we celebrate you know um obviously that's now getting a bit a bit wordy if we're going to tolerate respect challenge and celebrate but yeah. you know i think i agree with what you're saying Toler- tolerating or tolerance does sound quite passive um so yeah, perhaps very interesting point, and uh, I'm sure that I'm sure that I'm going to take that into college. I know I will, and and talk to them about what values would you would you have if you had free reign to rewrite it, um, the guidance. What what would you put? Because it'd be very interesting to hear their views. Well, no, thank you well, for that for answering. Well, maybe, maybe I can uh, I can come and join that discussion as well. Yes, please. Yes, there we go. We've got a visit planned. Yeah. <laughs> Fantastic. Okay, so thank you for answering um, answering someone's question. Um, right. So going back to this, um, is okay. Here's a here's a question: Is the notion of Britishness relevant in a globalized world? Uh, so. Uh, you probably accept, expect me to to say yes, um, given that I, I uh, run this organisation, learn about Britain. Um, yeah, I, look, I think uh, I I sort of I I come from a starting point that we're all we're all human beings, and I've been really lucky in my life to be able to to travel around uh, around the world and meet people from all over the world, um, and hugely hugely value that. I also feel incredibly fortunate to live in a city, London, where the world comes to this city as well. So um, uh, I, I'm a passionate believer in, in notions of universal human rights and uh, different cultures and everything else. I think um, nations are still the way that the primary way that we organise ourselves as people, um, and maybe one day it won't be like that, but but for now for now it is um, and when we make decisions as groups, the primary way that we do that in relation to taxation or foreign policy of which even whether we go to war with other countries, we do it as nations. And therefore I think it's really important to me, important from my perspective, that there is some sense of what binds us as a, as a nation. I think if you don't have that, then I think you risk having atomization, division, um, a sort of polarization, alienation, some of the things that 
that can sort of tear people apart or pit people against one another. Um, and that's not the society that I want to, I want to be part of. Um, this, this for me comes back to a, a, a sort of agenda that I have that is about trying to build a fair, equal, cohesive society. And those things, those ideas may sometimes sort of pull against one another as we, we sort of compete for equal rights or we, we challenge where people have held, held prejudiced views. Um, I think it's really important that we also remind ourselves of, of the things that we have in common, the things that we share or the, at least the values to which we, to which we aspire. And when I say we, um, there are different sort of, there are different we's. There are we's as, of us as uh, human beings. There are we's of us in our families. But I think the we I'm talking about is us as a, as a sort of British people. Um, and until um, that's, you know, as long as nations exist and as long as countries like Britain exist, I think having some sense of, of what we have in common with one another is really, really uh, vital. Yeah, yeah, agreed. So so how does the debate about British history play into this? Because um, many, many schools are grappling with that issue at the moment. Yeah, so, I mean, I, th- I think, again, the same, the same sort of principles apply. I think wh- where I would end a programme with, um, uh, with young people about fundamental British values would be to talk about the fact that Britain doesn't come in the top 10 of, of any of the international measures as, as, as we kind of talked about. And then to pose the question, well, if these fundamental British values are not quintessentially or solely British, what is it that makes us British? What, what is it that, uh, that we have in common, if, if anything? Um, and as I said earlier, I, I want to make sure that our conversation isn't just about a kind of legal citizenship definition which which is simply we're all technically legal citizens of the same uh country the same sort of legal entity that that feels to me that doesn't feel to me like a recipe for a cohesive society um and i think there is more to to britishness than that i think there's there's our geography there's our culture there's a future to which we're to which we're building um but there is this question of our of our history as well, and I know, as you say, that that's something that the schools are are grappling with, as with um, the the sort of the education about fundamental British values. I think it's really important that that is nuanced, that it's critical, that it's fair, that it doesn't come with a kind of um, uh, a slant where you're looking for uh, the history to suit your agenda. I think education is the pursuit of truth, um, a sort of never-ending pursuit of truth, because I know from working in uh, education my, my whole career that the, the way people view history changes and develops and more sources come to light and more perspectives come, come to the fore. But I think we should be, I think it's critical that young people growing up in this country um, learn about the country's history I think it's really, really important that 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 is that that is balanced and fair. That it doesn't come with an agenda attached to it, um, a sort of political agenda where the history is being picked, uh, cherry picked to to sort of to meet to meet that agenda. Um, and I think that helps us to explain and understand who we are 
Um, and I think history is is absolutely is absolutely vital in that respect. But as I as I said earlier, I think this is fundamentally about good teaching, and I think a good history teacher, whatever their own sort of personal view of the world, will will take a historical subject and uh, apply best practice pedagogy to it, look at it dispassionately, encourage discussion and 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 debate. Um, and I think that's what I think that's what we should do in relation to to our history, um, and be open to the fact that there maybe there there are things in in our our history that um, that the country's done badly that that have been wrong that have been counter to those fundamental values that that I talked about earlier on, but also to recognise that there have been great things that the country has 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 done as well um you know i i've i've written about um in, you mentioned one of one of my books um or you mentioned my books and, and in one of those i went to um northern ireland and looked a bit into into bloody sunday uh, and the terrible things that that happened um that happened there and that is something uh, an episode a moment um something that happened for which the British government has has apologised um, and said was 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 wrong. Um, and I think a confident nation, a secure nation, is able to to confront the things that it's done badly in its history, the mistakes that it's made. As we also discussed, um, one of my previous roles was managing director of the Holocaust Educational Trust, um, and I had the the privilege of, of visiting the the museum and memorial at uh, Bergen-Belsen, which was the concentration camp which the British army liberated, um, where Jewish lives were, were saved, where, um, and the eradication of a, of, of a people, a genocide, um, was stopped in part by, by Britain. And that is something that I feel proud of. Um, and that is, a, that is a good thing. So I think if we if we're happy to be both critical and proud at the same time to, to go with it wherever the information takes us, then I think we can develop a really good program for young people about, uh, about our nation's history. Um, and with that in mind, if you don't, if you forgive me a little plug, we're currently advertising for a head of British history at, at learn about Britain, someone to come in and develop a, uh, a curriculum, a program for schools that schools can deliver and that we can deliver in schools um, that that sort of aspires to exactly that kind of uh, fairness and neutrality, that's kind of openness to exploring British, British history and searching for the truth that I've just, I've just talked about. So if anyone listening uh, is a history teacher or knows a history teacher who'd be interested uh, in applying, please do go to learnaboutbritain.uk and you can uh, you can see all about the role. I mean, what a fascinating role. Um, yeah, I, lo I loved a lot of what you've said there. I think that, um, you know, that ability to look at it dispassionately, I think you said, you know, using, mm. you know, a, a, using, using teaching history to look at things that we can be proud of in our history, but also things that, you know, didn't, aren't as, 
as positive or, or mm. even mistakes in our history. Um, but I think it's a thing, and you know, and I always think when when we teach um, about the the Holocaust and you know recognizing Holocaust Memorial Day and and things mm. that that's a very good example. I think I feel strongly that you need to teach these things to prevent it happening again um mm -hmm. if we sort of brush over um things in our history as a nation that that weren't good um how how are we challenging them you know in the future going back to that word challenge um i absolutely loved the phrase that you used though that education is a never-ending pursuit of the truth i just think that's mm -hmm. a fantastic phrase um yeah okay right so much um in that um <laughs> And uh, and it's just been so so interesting. I think so. I'm, you know, I'm looking at the time because I, you know, we could talk about this a lot. Like you said, talk about these British. I, I could talk about it any all day. day. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, so I think, quite, you know, to to round up a bit, the the things that have really struck me is um, number one, you know, for those teachers out there that are um, worried or concerned or struggling to to deliver this i think the point that you made of yes there's the statutory obligation but that's not the end of it you you can expand on it um mm. it's not a tick box exercise um it's about giving young people the time to to learn learn our history learn about britain um yes to learn and consider these values the the individual liberty and the mutual respect and tolerance the rule of law and democracy but really going on to think about the other ones that you've mentioned, that fairness and equality and um, how does it work when some of these values clash or, or mm. you know, or um, sort of impede on each other. Um, I think everything that you've said about sort of um, encouraging those discussions, I mean, acknowledging that we aren't perfect, um, mm. but that, that moral compass to move towards who we want to be as a country, um, as a nation. And that's that's got to come, I feel, that's got to come from young people um, mm. as, you know, how their experiences, listening to their experiences, listening to their views, and then educating them on, on thinking about these values and what they mean in their life. Um, it's been so fantastic, Joe. We have got a few more minutes, so yeah. I just wondered if you have you got any sort of closing thoughts or anything that you want want to share um, as we come to the end. Um, yeah, well, as as I say, Marie, I, I could talk about this all, all day. So, so you just you, you just tell me you just tell me when to shut up. But I mean, I think, <laughs> I, think I I think for for teachers, I I understand why people are worried about about this these kind of agendas uh, and I, I i share some of their i share some of their reservations i think if you apply really good teaching practice um then i don't think you you need to have a problem i think on uh british history or, or, or british values or on on any other part of the the curriculum the statutory obligation is always the starting point schools never just teach exactly what what's on the piece of paper from government which is which is often you know a single bullet point a few words it's and it's it's dry the teacher's job is to bring those obligations to life and I think teachers do a fantastic job of that um I you know I do know of schools where where they they sort of they ask young people or children young people to learn the British values by roads just to to learn them off by heart mm. so that if anyone asked ever asked them they'd know what the values are but that doesn't learning by rote doesn't tell you what they mean 
Um, mm-hmm. And the, there is something you can go so much deeper here, and you can. I, I, you know, I've written two two books about Britain. I'm interested in the country. I've founded Learn About Britain. But even if you just put Britain to one side, I think you can you can learn about the building blocks of a of a functioning democracy. The idea that you have freedom, that you want everyone to be free to be whoever they want to be, but then you have to put some some constraints about that, about being tolerant and, and respectful of, of, of other people, um, and that you should have rules and laws and democratic means if one, one person's freedoms clashes with another person's freedoms, and you use democracy to, to work that out. That is, for me, the recipe for a pluralist, multicultural, um, cohesive democracy. So that's that's really good learning and you can build critical thinking. I should have said earlier, you know, you build great oracy skills as well by having these discussions. Um, and what's great is that you can talk about these things and young people are interested in them. Um, and that means that they, they get a chance to, to talk. So you build you build really good oracy skills while while you do it. Um, and similarly on on history, I think good teaching practice that that pursuit of truth that we talked about um, and that notion of it being never ending, the, the notion that no one has a monopoly on what British history is and no one has a monopoly on British values either. I think we're, we're all sort of learning together and exploring together. And that for me is what, what good teaching is all about. But I recognize that it, it is difficult, it is challenging for teachers. And that's why, that's why I set up Learn About Britain because I want to provide people with with support to do it really, really well. If if we're going to do it, let's do it well. Let's not just mm. you know um, learn learn the values off by heart so that if an Ofsted inspector comes in, mm-hmm. the pupils can recite them. Let, and let's not learn about our history through a lens which says we want to say everything's great or we want to say everything's terrible let's let's take balanced nuanced learning that we take in every other subject um into learning about britain's history citizenship culture and values and and for me that's what learn about britain's all about so if anyone listening if if we can help anyone who's listening please please do uh, get in touch uh, my emails joe at learnaboutbritain.uk and uh, i'd love to love to hear from people Lovely. Thank you so much. I mean, what a, a very powerful conf- conclusion, I think. Um, you know, if we're going to do it, let's let's do it well. Um, and I guess the message is don't be scared. Don't don't be scared to do it. It's an extremely valuable topic um, and goes beyond the Ofsted tick list. Um of uh, learning these values by rote. Um, Joe, it's been absolutely um, amazing to discuss this this morning. And like I said, I really, really appreciate you giving up your bank holiday Monday. Um, so yeah, we'll end there and you can go off and enjoy your day. Thank you everyone that's listened um, and answered the poll and sent in texts and questions because that's, that's so, um, I really appreciate that as well. Um, and Joe, I will talk to you soon, but thank you ever so much. Brilliant. Thank you, Marie. And thanks to all who are listening. All right. Take care. Take care. Cheers. Bye. You've been listening to Teachers Talk Radio. Tune in live and listen back at ttradio.org. 
We look forward to hearing from you next time on Teachers Talk Radio.